0: You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. Welcome back.
1: Welcome back. Another week. Another Sunday. That's right. With the Outspoken Boys in studio live for your pleasure today.
0: Mm-hmm. For your entertainment. I know. So, hi. hi. <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 going to be um, uh, a different show. We are going to be doing a little bit of a veteran special today. Yeah, um, so in the we'll first hour
1: we're talking we'll a lot talk about it. That. I mean, because hello people. This it's is Veterans the show Day. we're doing uh, November 11th. Yep. Veterans Day is coming this week. Mm-hmm. So this is what we will have as our as a little Veterans Day tribute as well. But till then, let's get to a little bit of check in and let's just say let's do. if you missed it, I'm sorry for you. But Rocky Horror had their final show last night. Mm-hmm. Civic Theater did uh, the Rocky Horror show, and it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, was so Lance Babbitt directed that, and you and I were asked to guest narrate, and so mm-hmm. we guest narrated Friday night's show. Um, we had all of, like, m- a partial rehearsal.
0: <laughs> we bear- yeah. We had we had a script and we, um, right before the show, uh, went over the lines, which yeah. we were like, okay, well, that's we good. So yeah. went over it once and. And did it. Uh, oh well, and we also learned mm. to do the conga
1: and right the bunny before. hop within the like we got one one chance.
0: Yeah. And so we actually And asked, it was all choreographed, yeah. so we just get thrown in.
1: And we were given amazing and a lot of you people saw it, amazing costumes. So we were in a smoking jacket and yes. we had a picture taken. It was so much fun. And then we put it out and a lot of you were enjoying that. Mm. So we got to be in costume, which we always love. But what was fun about that night, first of all, so much fun. Uh, Kurt gave us our critique already, so you're, I stopped yes. crying just before the mics went on. But no, but it was a blast. Everybody had fun. Yeah. Um. And I thought, you know, for a cast letting who have been doing this show now for a few weeks to let two random guys mm-hmm. crash and narrate for one night, it was they were all very gracious. They were very especially brave. the narrator that was sitting right next to us because d- <laughs> there's one narrator and we made yeah. them. The the director created three narrators out of it yeah. and he basically had to give up his part for one night and let us hijack it and we did. Yeah. And he was very gracious as well. So mm-hmm. um but in the end, so much fun. So it much was.
0: Fun. It was it was a blast and a half. And if you didn't make it, sorry about it. Sorry about it.
1: Um because it sold out every single night. It did. Yeah. Well earned mm-hmm. that I was we were actually talking to one of the interns before the show, and I have to agree with him. Aaron was saying, you know. You're going to a community theater, which we. The good thing is they've always tended to to turn out good work. But when it's Rocky Horror, you're thinking that is a tall order. Yeah, and even Aaron was saying, and I wasn't sure what to expect
0: if it was going to be PG yeah. or and f- you or and the
1: I Fox got a version, right? Oh, and we, you and I, previewed, and we yeah. and we had those same reservations. But once we previewed it, it we were in shock, and Aaron had the same. He was mm-hmm. like, "No, that they pulled." It all
0: and they pushed the envelope they just did. enough. They, di- they well, did well, th- more than enough. It was great. Yeah,
1: there were. I'm yeah. not, you know, not lying. There might have like. I'm sorry. Second act, the mm-hmm. bedroom scenes. Oh boy, with Brad, Janet, and yeah, uh, Frankenberg. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was hysterical. That was and, and we have to sit there and not laugh. Safe for your children. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not at all.
0: No, unless you want to educate your children early on, right? Well, we were told before
1: because we had only seen Act One. We were yes. told before, don't react when you see what goes on in the bedroom scenes, mm-hmm. just don't. And it was hard because I caught myself almost. And then it was like, Oh, no word character. Yeah. No yep. reacting. Cause None it was that. awesome. Yeah. And then we met a guy that actually travels around the country to mm-hmm. look at different Rocky horror shows. Um, spiky rainbow hair, biker bear kind of right. guy. And we had his, our picture taken with him. We need to put that up. A very nice man. Yeah. Um, and that was fun. His hand might have traveled a little South. <laughs> when we were taking during selfie. the picture, like it started at my back and it ended up not on my back. So you know, I just <laughs> just to say he was a very nice guy, very sweet. But yeah, yeah. that was that was fun.
0: So sometimes when we meet yeah. wonderful people,
1: yes, it, it goes interesting. It does. Yeah, they I mean, they
0: they tell you how they feel right away, <laughs> yeah, they, non-verbally. Well, they
1: tell you how you feel. They yeah, do. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you feel. Anyways, firm. it was a lot of fun. That's we good. love uh, civic theater <laughs> and we love Lance Babbitt, and yeah. he delivered. One hundred percent, for the show. So if they do this again in the future, definitely get your tickets and go. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of fun.
0: It is another show that yeah. um, is happening just this week. Um, yeah, is going to be at the IMB Performing Arts Center. The Carol King musical, Beautiful, Beautiful.
1: November ninth. Actually, it opens Wednesday. It's going it to run through the thirteenth. Get your tickets now. Get them now. Big hit on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Coming to our town, always fun. Yeah. If you go on opening night, you can come say hi to the boys. We're gonna be down there. Yeah. Um and that's gonna be a lot of fun. And then Northern Quest Casino, just a week from tonight, Olivia Newton John is playing on November thirteenth at Northern Quest. There are still tickets available. Um gonna go I've loved Olivia Newton John since I was just a little boy. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go see her. We are. Um so definitely get your tickets now there. Um and then in the our world, mm-hmm. Uh, always, lots happening in our there world. is.
0: We always have different shows, and we like to have uh, the uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> yeah, we're good. At um, we we are. So uh, December eighteenth, uh, we are going to have the uncomfortable conversation about grief, and
1: we're going to have a local author on who we has are. written a whole book about grief and some other people. Yes. And we're going to talk about a, a subject matter that is definitely uh, uncomfortable. It's definitely just you know, it's not fun to talk about. No, you shared with me. Yesterday, I th- in the you, we were texting, and I I uh, I found it fascinating because it's true. And you're like, yes, grief, my like least favorite emotion.
0: Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And yes, yes. I I, I and think and that's true for everyone. And because it's most people's mm-hmm.
1: least favorite emotion, we don't talk about it. Right. So, and the hardest part is the roadmap. I mm-hmm. mean, it's you don't get a roadmap map to grief but if we're not sharing you really are just gonna have to discover it blind exactly you know exactly. and it's i mean it's those moments of you're in winco and you're crying for no reason and you're laughing as, as well and then there's strangers around but so they think no you're one crazy. Knows what, you yeah. think you're crazy they think you're crazy but yeah. we don't talk about this so you really don't know right what's normal. And those are the things we, I want us to talk about. So we're going to have those moments as I'm well. excited
0: for that. I love our uncomfortable conversation. I we know. always get into deep conversations that need to happen. Yeah.
1: And people always so, have some good. interesting things to say. We love it when you comment on yeah. those things. But some more maybe fun shows will be happening after that.
0: Yes, they will. We will have a few holiday shows. We'll have our holiday show to um, kind of celebra- uh, celebrate our moments. So we'll have a few of our past guests come on um, and just it's on just the top. 25th itself there yeah, is a it's show on, yeah it's on christmas day sunday falls yeah
1: on uh on christmas day this year yeah. so we are going to offer you an actual holiday show like mm-hmm. on the a day real so you can, show. there's gonna be yeah. you know like you said we're gonna have past celebrities that we've had on they're exactly. gonna share their favorite holiday moments and we're gonna play music we are what their it'll favorite be, holiday it'll song it'll be jolly is. so it's gonna go everywhere from classic to holiday songs to you know hey we've had some comedians on so it could get weird yeah just telling you but they're all gonna be why these things matter to them and i think that's that's Mm -hmm. it i'm gonna have my little onesie on and my little coco and I'm just Aww, gonna kick back coco. and have fake I'm gonna move a fake fireplace in. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be good. I mean yes, might as well. Please. Let's just go all in. Hey,
0: why not? Yeah, I put know. on you could just put on the Yule Yule log. Yeah, that you the just turn that T V station on, you're right. like, okay And it just plays in the background. I so. love it. So yeah.
1: and I need little tiny marshmallows in my cocoa <laughs> so oh,
0: you know what's funny is we have hot chocolate and I drink it like crazy yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so I asked Cole to go get some and marshmallows. Yeah. So he gets uh, the hot chocolate, and that's all fine and dandy. And then he brings marshmallows, and they're the big size marshmallows. <laughs> you just like, can have fun. Bam. Yeah, it fits one in there. <laughs> um, I was like, you couldn't have found even right, the, the, the smaller little, ones? ones. The tiny ones. for cocoa. Not Come on, terms, Just no. Tank. <laughs> also, what I enjoy in
1: yeah. my cocoa is either Kahlua or Irish cream because a little bit of a kick never <laughs> There you hurt. go. And it is the holiday, so it sometimes is. you need it. You I do need the just kick. Just to get through. That's true. Uh, also, New Year's Day, we're going to have a fun show. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years, our birthday is coming up. December 11th is birthday show. It December is. December 8th, three years ago, was the first time we went live on the air. Woo-hoo. We are going to celebrate that by sharing with you some of our favorite clips over the last three years.
0: That's crazy to and me. Three years fun. of this.
1: I want to hear it, just mm-hmm. because it's nice to remember... When it was fun, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) So it's nice to remember who we talked to. Exactly, yeah. Lily from way back. uh, There might be Lily Tomlin. I remember she was. She was one of our. She was our very first celebrity Mm -hmm. interview, and one of my favorite people. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Me
0: too. It'll be it will be a blast. That's going to be a fun season for us.
1: We were talking in the check-in. The Sergey and I are very excited that we're going to go and see uh, beautiful the Carol King musical when it comes to Spokane this Wednesday, going all the way through the 13th. And just for your listening pleasure, and to convince you to go out right now and buy your tickets, we're going to have a cast member. She plays the part of Cynthia Weil. Uh, this is Erica Olson. Erica, are you there? Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Definitely. Well, let's just start with telling our listeners, first of all, a little bit about uh, this show, uh, Beautiful. Can you give them kind of a synopsis? Sure
2: thing. Well, Beautiful the Musical is about Carole King, Mm -hmm. who we all know and love.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And we're familiar with Carole King by her Tapestry album. And this musical is kind of about Carole King's rise to stardom um, and the, the music behind Tapestry. And um, and the people that she meets along the way. She um, has her, her husband, Jerry Goffin, um, who they became a writing team together. And then um, their two best friends, Cynthia Weil, who I play, mm-hmm. and Barry Mann, another writing team, um, working together at the Brill Building and writing songs like crazy and um, selling them to artists. And it, it was a just a crazy time to be a part of the music industry mm-hmm. and the um in the pop culture then and it, it's it's a great musical
0: yeah so what's what's the most intriguing and i guess your favorite part of um playing your character cynthia wilde in in beautiful
2: well i think what's so great about our characters is that they're all real people and that these are the real stories right. behind the song so cynthia wilde is is still alive her and Barry Mann are um a writing team and they're also married and Still very much in love, um, so you kind of see them starting out together, working together, becoming partners, um, just like you see Carol King and Jerry Goffin um, fall in love and their trials and tribulations. And I think what's the greatest part about this show is that you everybody recognizes these songs. There's so mm-hmm. much nostalgia behind the Tapestry album and these other great songs that you had no idea. That Carol King and uh, Cynthia Wildberry man, Jerry Goffin wrote mm-hmm. songs like The Locomotion, Right, kind right. of Wonderful, <gasps> Will yeah. You Still Love Me Tomorrow, <sighs> Up on the Roof. Right. Um, We've Lost That Love and Feeling.
1: Yeah. Well he's, we you know I what I find fascinating, and you know, there was the tribute album that came out, oh, it must have been like 15 years ago, of Tapestry. And what's fascinating is, Tapestry is so what an appropriate word, because as you mentioned, some of these iconic songs, I'll talk to, to, like younger generation and they are discovering these and they had no idea this Carol King connection and that's exciting to me that this show is out there that it's it's Absolutely. bringing that story to life but because they're so iconic and these people are so much a part of the tapestry of our musical history and heritage did that bring a little extra pressure as an actress or any of the other actors when you have to approach this very real life you know treasure
2: you know, I, it's funny because I originally thought coming in that there would be that little added pressure, but mm-hmm. once you start doing this show and, and you realize um, the impact that it has on your audience to hear these songs again and to remember what that song might have meant to you when you heard it 25 years ago, or when you're just introducing the song for the first time to a millennial, I mean, it's this right. really special feeling that I've never felt doing any other show before yeah and it's a really great relationship between the audience and the cast kind of exploring these songs and and uh, surprising the audience with these fun stories and then all of a sudden it breaks into a song and you're like oh my gosh i had no idea that that's how they wrote up on the roof or that's how some kind of wonderful came to life Mm -hmm. i mean so it's really special
1: see and this so how long have you been traveling with this show currently
2: Um, The show has been traveling for a year, and I just jumped on board about three, four months ago um, in the summer, so it's been very exciting, and we've been um, traveling all around. We're hitting the Pacific Northwest now. Um, Very excited for Spokane.
3: (laughs) It
1: is. Hey, we've kept the weather not horrible for you, so this is the time. Oh,
2: how lovely. (laughs) Get
1: in now
0: and then run. No, just kidding. It'll it'll (laughs) snow fast. Where, Where are you right now?
2: Right now we are in Portland. Oh my oh, gosh, we and love they Portland. have kept the weather just yeah. lovely for us as well. See, that's
1: We're, hard to do. That's awesome. we are ready for you because <laughs> yeah. that music, that music yeah. is absolutely amazing. Now, have you had a chance to to have any interaction with any audience members that have seen the show?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the response. Well, us as a cast like to call it mooing. Oh. So when we start a song and you hear the um, intro you can hear from the audience the response and it's oh always yeah. like oh and we do call it mooing because it's just <laughs> audible right and um and then the response coming off stage after the show and, and meeting people is right. just pretty special
0: yeah what's a what's um you know you travel all the time and that that can be hard you know uh going from place to place what intrigues you about a traveling show more than you know staying in your hometown and doing it there
2: well, I think it's so lovely that with a traveling show, you yeah. have the ability to bring people a Broadway musical on that's you know playing in New York right now. Bring right. it to their hometown, uh-huh. and I think that that's really lovely because um, it's not every day that you get to get on a plane and go to New York and see a Broadway show.
4: Right, <laughs> right, right. And yeah. so it's
2: it's really awesome that we get to bring this to your city. And we love it as performers to be able to experience a new city. Every audience Every city has a different vibe and responds to things differently and right. in a really great way. That it's, it's always changing for us, which is super exciting. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. It keeps it alive. And I'll tell you, not totally. to brag, but Spokane will be the best city. I'm just saying. Just, <laughs> so we just know it. <laughs> <laughs> just be ready.
2: Oh, well, I'm, we are very excited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I do have to say I want to remind our listeners that you can still get tickets right now. Uh, beautiful, the Carol King Musical is coming to the INB Performing Arts Center. That's downtown Spokane spokane it opens this wednesday the 9th and it's going to run all the way through sunday the 13th and um it looks like on sunday you even you have two shows on the weekend all through it from we do yes so you're gonna be tired two
2: shows sunday (laughs) (laughs) we are ready we we are prepared good
1: good well we are ready because we're going to be part of that crowd that's moving that's right I, these oh. songs, how can you not? Mm-hmm. How can you I not? Know. So I'm know. excited to bring you, we'll welcome you great. And we're going to be here, Sergey and I, we're going to be there opening night. So we'll, we'll scream your name.
2: Sweet. <laughs> oh, how lovely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You're yeah, so welcome. Thank no you. Wait.
1: Thank you for being, taking time to be with us. And we'll, we'll see you very soon.
2: Absolutely.
4: Thank you for having me. <laughs> you
1: have All a great right.
3: day. <laughs> Thanks
4: you as well.
1: Bye. And that was Erica Olson, she plays the part of Cynthia Wow, best friends with Carol King mm-hmm. in the beautiful in beautiful the Carol King musical. It's still going on Broadway right now. You get to see it here in Spokane. Which
0: is incredible. It is. So
1: get your tickets now. Mm-hmm. You remember it opens this Wednesday at seven thirty at the IMB Performing Arts Center, right downtown yep. here. And you get a chance to see it all the way through Sunday, two shows, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And if you've heard the music at all. Which you have, even if you don't know that you have. It's out there. It's going to be great. It's It's one of those
0: things where you're like, oh, yeah, that's her. Like you said, I mean, you might not know it's Carol King. Yeah,
1: you might not have known, but now, and if you go see that show, just imagine how much more connection you're going to feel. And Tapestry is one of the... Best albums ever, mm-hmm. and Best. it's really educational
0: in it that is. in that yeah. way. So
1: yeah, I, I love to know how my favorite songs were written and what mm-hmm. the story is because mm-hmm. I was, I love the story. Yeah. So anyways, okay. Love that we got to talk to her.
0: So every year on November 11th, we get the opportunity to thank and appreciate all those brave men and women who served for our nation. It's the day we get to thank them for being there in the hardest, toughest, most desperate times, so we wouldn't have to. When duty calls, they show up no matter what's going on behind the scenes or who our leader is. They are our mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. They are our children, neighbors, and teachers. They are gay, straight, trans. They're black, white, Asian, Jewish, Muslim, Christian, atheists. They are human beings. This Sunday, today, Outspoken would like to, thank the to- take the time to appreciate the brave souls who fought and defended us for our freedom, our life, and our liberty. So join us today, right now, for Veterans Day Appreciation Show. That's true. I think that's beautifully stated. I think
1: you you made statements in there that are very true. This yes. is a day that we celebrate those who go out and do what we so that we can do a radio show yes. and we so can celebrate here. the freedoms we have and mm-hmm. we can go, you know, do Rocky horror and our craziness. We can't do that yeah. if there aren't people who are yeah. choosing to sacrifice and fight that w- for our right to continue to do that. Right. And it is, as you stated so eloquently, all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's amazing. And it's becoming more and more all walks of life. It, in it June, is. And of course, they, they, they struck down the ban on trans people mm-hmm. uh, you know, serving openly in the military. And that was a huge, one of the last um, bastions of an old way of doing things. And of course, don't ask, don't tell, uh, being struck down in 2011.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, lots have changed but we want to talk about what it's like first of all not only to thank those uh those veterans who have served are right. currently serving or uh are now out of the service but to thank them all for that and we're going to talk to somebody who's in the military here mm-hmm. shortly we are um,
0: well and and it's very uh, i i mean here in the US these people fight for you know our freedom and our um our, our liberty, but I think it's really important to note you said, um, for their decision to fight, and that's really key in the yeah, U.S. They choose to make it a is sacrifice. a choice, yeah. It's a calling for them, it's it's their decision, they want to do like it. Like a country like Israel, you exactly. are required
1: to give two years you are when you are of age to the military. Yep. You don't get a choice, these are people who have chosen, and many countries uh, to like that military branches. exist
0: out there, yeah. So, mm-hmm. we really, really do have to thank them because it's not a requirement at all no. by any means. They get to choose, um, whether or not they serve. Uh, in the military. And that's I think that's really a beautiful thing that the U.S. does.
1: I do, too. And one of the things we're going to talk uh, about in a little bit as well. One of the things is we do we criticize our system. We criticize our mm. leaders on this show. But just because you criticize, it doesn't mean you don't support the troops. It doesn't mean right. you don't support the, the veterans that are out there uh, giving service to this country. You, but it's because they give service to this country that we have the right to criticize and to right. ask for better, exactly. and honestly, one of those things we've criticized before is how we treat our veterans after they're home, mm-hmm. how we help them mm-hmm. reintroduce themselves into society because this is a whole different world than the military world, yeah. and how we how we take care of our veterans when they come home, and oftentimes and, uh, we don't. No, and uh, many times, yeah, mm-hmm. like a lot. But yeah. we don't do and, that. So and, yeah,
0: veteran homelessness is 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 a huge problem and you're right, a lot of mental health of, services, mental health exactly. Uh, they come back. Let's talk about
1: PTSD.
0: And they don't have yeah, they mm-hmm. don't have options to help them through that. And
1: many have talked about coming back and and being reintroduced mm-hmm. to society with no and they don't know how. They they left their wife and child. They come right. back to their wife and child and their spouses or their husband and child and their spouses will say it's like you're a different person. Which, of course, uh, war is going to change you. Right. Uh, combat how, is going to change can you. you, not you. Be? But it's hard because we haven't put in place any systems that's going right. to help. How many right. decades have we well, have we talked about this and uh, that we will continue to want to talk yeah, about this?
0: Yeah, exactly. It seems that they they put such a you know huge tremendous service for us, um, and then we when they come back we don't exactly. Thank them for that. But, you know, we would like to take this time to thank someone uh, for their service. This is going to be Easton uh, Branham. Branham, who is an Army vet. Easton, are you there?
4: Yeah, hi. Hi.
0: hi. Hey, thanks for taking time on a Sunday, um,
1: and especially on our day to celebrate uh, Veterans Day, since this is our Sunday show and Veterans Day, of course, is uh, coming up this weekend on November 11th. So, yeah, Absolutely. So let's first, so are you active service? Are uh, So where are you in the military career?
4: I am out of the military now. Okay. I did ROTC in college, and mm-hmm. then I did four years of active duty service. Mm-hmm. That's with one and, tour and... to Iraq. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
1: So we and were just talking then... uh, about, first of all, we want to talk about what it's like to be a part of the LGBT community. Cause, so you were in... Uh, you know, pre all of uh, a lot of rules changing, and then and then post. What was it like to be part of the LGBT community and be an active service member?
4: You know, it's interesting. I think it it depends. A lot of people maybe don't understand the the rank structure of the military. So my experience was being an officer mm-hmm. and being a woman and being a lesbian
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, at that time, which would be very different than if I was, say, you know, enlisted. Um, a woman of color, etc., because those tracks within the military are very different. So Mm. for me, I was stationed in Germany initially, and I had a lot of autonomy as an officer that enlisted folks don't have, and that's why I kind of make that distinction, um, where I was able to live off-base, I was able to live on the economy, learn German, Mm. and sort of embed myself in the local uh, LGBT community of Germany, Mm. rather than... Of staying on the base and having a higher level
0: of uh, right. military sure.
4: involvement in my private life.
0: Sure. Well, and and how does that you know after after things started shifting in the military, how did that affect your day to day life um, of the people on, that, on, that you of did the, see, exactly the people on the base and who didn't have such a luxury to you know have a little bit more freedom.
4: Well, it's interesting. I when I left the military, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was just starting to fall. Sure. So. Right. Um, you know, the soldiers that I knew that um, sort of reached out to me, and there was, there was an unspoken code right? where, you know, my soldiers would confide in me or ask me questions um, that were uh, LGBT. And um, I think that there was a certain level of unspoken trust that you would build right. with one another, but it was also very hidden. So, you know, I knew some of my soldiers were gay. They guessed mm-hmm. that I was gay. But I presented myself as very asexual in the military Mm. environment. It was not something that I brought into the space at all. It was just like, that's off the table, period.
3: Right, right, um, right.
4: right. But I was able to support um, my younger soldiers and whatnot in the ways that I could, but it it all had to be a little bit more coded, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah, it was very subversive. You had to be very subversive. You you would have to—now— As you look at the things that have changed, I mean, even just as recent as back in June when the Pentagon announced that they were dropping the ban on trans people serving openly, so much. And you mentioned, you know, just getting out just when the Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, was shaking and and about ready to fall. As you look now back and you have this different perspective from a a different uh, viewpoint, what's it like to look at that and see such huge changes happening in our military
4: I think it's I think it's really um, hopeful and I also think it's really challenging uh, mm-hmm. because the structure of the military is set up um, to represent a certain subset of the population it was set up to represent you know heterosexual presenting white men
3: mm-hmm. right
4: um, that's its history and that's the structure that it follows and I think it's very exciting to see some of these gains, mm-hmm. but I think we also have to have a the presence of mind to to ask for the support of those soldiers. You know, to be a yeah. trans soldier in the military has a lot of implications to it. And although yeah. I think we should all celebrate that, and I think we should look mm-hmm. forward to you know the positive aspects of that, I also think we need to not get ahead of ourselves and realize the environment that we're putting those individuals into, to be yeah. the groundbreaker, to be the trailblazer, right. you know, to be a woman in the military and face sexual assault, to be a trans person in the military and face sure. sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Those are things that we have to be realistic about as
0: well. Right. Well, and it's the, it, there's a certain culture there that, you know, doesn't maybe necessarily lend itself to uh, changing as fast as the rules have. What are the, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of things do we need to focus on to make sure, uh, you know, the military is a place you can openly serve as an LGBT, you know, person?
4: I, that's a really great question. I wish I had, you know, a couple of hard and fast bullet points. Right. I think I think maybe what we need to do is, is the lessons that we're learning as a society in general, which is we need to have support systems in place before we send a person mm-hmm. into that environment. You know, we need to have right. mental health care. We need to have health care. Um, I think as a female veteran, the, the VA has worked hard to carve out little women's clinics within the larger right. VA system, mm-hmm. but now we need to think about, okay, What about trans clinics? Because, you know, that that is a very specific and unique need, and you're not going to want to go to a gynecologist, for example, if you're a trans woman, that might not meet your needs, but the VA is sort of funneling everybody that's different Mm -hmm. into one very small space. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe asking for specialized services and asking for specialized support and making sure that we prepare those spaces and then we ask people to step into those roles might be, you know, something right. that we can try to do.
1: And there, you know, you bring up some good points, too, because not only just on a specific uh, LGBT community base, there's been a larger conversation. It's been going on for a long time, but uh, it's it's been happening it seems more frequently now, which is great, which is how are we prepared as a nation to support our veterans when they come home, especially from combat or their tour of duties that, you know, when you mention things like mental health uh, services and and Mm -hmm. helping people who come back with PTSD, how do we help them reintroduce themselves to society? Because, of course, the culture is way different because it has to be when you're in Iraq or when you're in war zones. And that's a conversation we're talking about more, which includes, you know, the LGBT-specific uh, situations we need to understand. But overall, as a country, we need to get better at, at you know, serving our veterans when they come home from serving our country.
4: Yeah, and I, I feel very fortunate to have come out of the military at a time where I think as a nation we've learned some lessons. You know, I think mm-hmm. the experience of military that after Vietnam, was a particularly traumatizing yeah, right. um, experience, and I think I do think my what I have felt is that we have learned, and we are taking a little bit better care of our veterans. And then now that we're adding more complexity to our understanding of what a veteran is, I think we just need to make sure that the celebratory aspects of those changes are supported by an equal uh, amount of services, like you said, mental health and right. healthcare and all of that right, stuff. Right. Exactly. Well, so
0: every, uh, we as Americans every day, we sometimes take for granted, you know, the cost that, you know, our freedom, that that our freedom has. And on Veterans Day on the 11th, we always uh, have the moment and the opportunity to think about that and change that. What would you um, want our listeners and really everybody in the nation to kind of consider and to think about on Veterans Day that maybe they haven't before? Um, You know, does how much does our freedom really cost us in this country?
4: Yeah, uh, boy, I would say one of the things that I notice every year is, you know, we have movies that sort of celebrate and glorify a certain amount of war, and um, we have, you know, the Fourth of July, for example, is a is a holiday where we celebrate our our national accomplishments and solidarity, but it's also a really traumatizing holiday for a lot of veterans that have been exposed to combat and that do know that, you know, the sound of a bomb is not the sound of celebration.
3: Right. The sound
4: of small arms fire that really is brought forward when you do fireworks and um, have some of these, like, really aggressive celebrations of patriotism. I think maybe folks being a little bit more sensitive and aware of, well, what it actually means to be in a war zone. For right. me, on the 4th of July, I'm always a little disappointed that the feeling of celebration has the same sound of a war zone, right? So wow. That's huh. fairly specific, but sure. maybe ways that we understand, uh, those of us that are veterans that went and and served, mm-hmm. war is not fun or beautiful, and our culture tends to focus on the aspects of it that are really exciting or right. or glorified. And so maybe if we could have a little bit more reflection on being grateful that we've never, as a nation, post-colonialism, haven't experienced bombs dropping over our heads, and that some of us, though, have, and that creating those moments of celebration that feel like bombs dropping over your heads are not, in fact, um, patriotic to veterans. For example, for some, you know, I can't speak for all veterans. Right.
1: But But I have to say that is amazing because you are right. And that is as you know, coming from these two guys sitting in a studio, uh, that's an amazing thing to think about because we because we have not been in the military. That doesn't that isn't the first thing that comes to mind. And what an amazing perspective uh, that I think is worthy Mm -hmm. of. Contemplation, yeah, we at least know? need to be and aware of it, and we don't have those conversations right. as openly as we should in the society of what you know of that. Of you know, yeah. our celebrations sound like war zones, you know, mm-hmm. and, and maybe maybe that's not the most appropriate way to to take a moment and celebrate <laughs> those who who have fought yeah. for our right to to do these things. And uh, I want to remind everybody that we are uh, speaking with Easton Branham, and. One of the great things and we want to thank you for is that, you know, you you were kind enough to come on and have a conversation with these two crazy guys and just that have a conversation. You mentioned bullet points earlier. The point of this conversation is to just have a real dialogue with someone who is a real veteran and so you know that's amazing to us that you're 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 willing to kind of roll with with us because we come from a whole different perspective and there's some naivete mm-hmm. and that's what we want to know things that we should be aware of as citizens uh, because of course we want to honor it. and one of those questions we were talking about earlier was we firmly believe we can support our troops and our veterans and it doesn't mean we don't We don't criticize the way we treat them when they come home or we don't criticize the way certain, you know, certain choices were made, like pre-dropping the ban on trans uh, in the trans individuals in the military, that you, you and fellow veterans have created a space so that we can be free in our in our opinions and our dialogue. Do you feel, though, that ever we as Americans maybe go too far?
4: with our opinions
1: yeah do you ever th- feel that that's a thing or do you feel like you know no that's part of the part of how we, we should do things here because so, some people get I... criticized that you know oh well yeah but you guys go too far on your critique of the the US but where do you fall as a veteran on that spectrum
4: mm. I, I actually feel that um, one of the most dangerous things is an unwillingness to have uncomfortable conversations. I think there's a lot of folks that use, you know, anti-censorship language to talk about being abusive and mm-hmm. disrespectful, and so I don't fall into the camp of, you know, it's my right to say whatever I want, I'm going to say right. whatever right. I want. I mean, i that's true, and that's fine, but right. where I am maybe putting emphasis is that we um, have thoughtful conversations that are difficult, and right. I, I think in both the liberal and the conservative world right now, there's an effort to disengage from folks that maybe have a different opinion. You know, right. there's in the liberal camp, if you don't use the right word, you're right. going to be shamed if you're right. conservative. And I, I don't know, I guess uh, to answer your question, I'm, I'm going a little bit circular, but I think as a veteran, what I want to hear is people engaging in thoughtful, mm-hmm. uncomfortable conversations, disagreeing with one another, right. but staying respectful.
1: Exactly.
0: Which is an art form that most certainly is not. We we all don't know how to do it as much as we don't know how to disagree. (laughs) That's very true. We love to do that on you know outspoken. We have like you said uncomfortable conversations. I'm so glad you brought that up Um, because really uh, in a time when our nation's so divided, um, you know politically and and and, you know the conservative and liberal camp don't want to hear each other out. That's that's so key. and with election two days from now. I know. That <laughs> really is um, <laughs> a big topic there's right
1: now. Sh- there's uh, another way that if you are not in the military, you have, uh, exactly. you know, you can serve your country at least, mm-hmm. at the very least. In that. Now, as Veteran Day Veterans Day is coming up, what does it actually mean to you as a veteran, uh, this, you know, November 11th mark on a calendar? What does it mean to you because it's supposed to be a celebration of you and your your uh, fellow veterans?
4: Uh, it typically is a day to reconnect with friends that I served with mm-hmm. um, and to remind, I guess, one another of the bonds that we have. And the, the, I mean, the military is problematic in many ways and the military is also uh, a very amazing microcosm that is progressive in others. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think, Um, being able to reach out to my friends and my fellow soldiers that I served with on that day means a lot to me. In terms of the national recognition of the holiday, I have to say I'm underwhelmed because I don't think that the conversations that we have that honor veterans also honor the trauma and honor the difficulty and the sort of the terrible nature of war that I think as American people, we need to discuss more Mm -hmm. what it means to send people into that situation and are we doing it because we have to are we protecting corporate interests are we you know having a knee-jerk emotional reaction to our you know our patriotism so Mm -hmm. uh, it's again it's the level of wanting to have a little bit more uncomfortable conversation while we're supporting and respecting and honoring the service of veterans i
2: think that's really important
1: i think that's amazing and one last question before we we let you have stop having to have this fun conversation with the boys, (laughs) which we love that you have been willing to do. And we appreciate if we could do one thing on November 11th, just as individuals in this country that, that you think would be a wonderful way to honor, uh, veterans. What do you think, what would be your
4: suggestion?
3: Um, I would,
4: I would honestly, and this is just off the tip of my tongue, Mm um, I would say get involved in something happening in your local community. Mm -hmm. For me personally, the best way to honor my service would be to uplift and and do volunteer work in Mm -hmm. your local community that says, I love my country. I'm willing to Mm -hmm. put in some time to address problems that we're having right now. And I think we as a country are having a a waking moment to realize that everything is not okay and that we have a lot of issues of racism and Mm -hmm. sexism that Donald Trump is really elevating at this Mm -hmm. point. So let's, let's be really thoughtful and caring of ourselves and our neighbors and try to make the country a better place. I think that's what I would like to have happen on Veterans Day.
1: And what a beautiful statement. It. First of all, from us, for whatever it means, we thank you so much for the service you have given for our country and that you, people like you, have allowed us to do what we do just to have a radio show, and we uh, we definitely do not want to take that for granted. So thank you so much for spending time on Outspoken this morning.
4: Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity.
1: Oh, our pleasure. And you have a wonderful Sunday and a great uh, Veterans Day connecting with your your friends.
4: Thank you. Thank
3: Thanks
1: you. A lot. Take okay. care.
0: You too. And that was Easton Branham, Army vet um, who served in uh, the U.S. Army. Right as, actually, don't ask, don't tell was falling was falling um, apart yeah. for four years. So we thank her for her service. And yeah, and that, that wasn't an, that was a great conversation. I, I
1: actually enjoyed that conversation, and it wasn't. Um, first of all, wasn't scripted by no. any means. Uh and no. it was. I think she gave us a lot to think about. It Mm -hmm. wasn't your typical, you turn on the media and they have a very specific way they want to do their veteran show and how they want it to be. And it was just a real conversation with a woman who served our country who said, this is what I would like us as citizens to think about. Mm -hmm. Just think about... Mm -hmm. You know, what she really was saying was, I want us to learn to be compassionate to each other. Yeah. Understanding where our veterans come from, understanding each other more, and to just... Like we like to say on the show, just be better. Yeah, (laughs) just be better. better. And And what a beautiful statement to make. To have this is the reality. You asked how much does it really cost, Mm -hmm. and um, the price is extremely
0: high. Extremely high. I don't think we we realize that it costs lives. Well, we
1: because it is great. I understand the celebration. I understand wanting to celebrate in you know Fourth of July to to really. But I think to also just remember, you know, just remember Mm -hmm. that. Those are sounds of war to our veterans who come home, who those memories are never going to go away. Mm-hmm. And just you know, there I don't know what the answer to that is, but the the first part is just to put yourself for a moment in the shoes of someone, mm-hmm. you know, back from Afghanistan or yeah, Iraq right. or any country, right? Or you know, any of the wars and, and all of that. That it's something. It's a perspective I had I had never yes. thought about.
0: Yeah right mm-hmm. exactly and that's the kind of thing that really I'm glad that she brought up and you know she's right we we in this country have not seen war on our soil since the Civil War yeah. I mean 150 Colonial years Day, she's right we haven't been had lucky. a war here mm-hmm. on our on our territory and I, I mean, think
1: the closest thing to such devastation of is of course right you know 911 um oh, yes, to where it exactly. was yeah. you know being attacked but it's still at a level that if you're in the Iraq War, you were in Afghanistan, and it's mm-hmm. that daily.
0: It's yeah. It's 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 not a bombing so of here's your cities. The thing. Yeah. She said it
1: very. Well. She was very eloquent. She said it very well. You don't have to agree mm-hmm. with us. You don't have to agree with her. You don't have to agree with anybody. That's your your right in this country. But maybe just think for mm-hmm. a second. Just for a second. You're not asking. We're not asking to change minds or anything. But I think all of us should have to have that moment of okay. I mm-hmm. hear you. I, I'm going to sift it through and then, but we don't hear each other anymore. No, and no. She, she made a very good point. And I do think that our country needs to work a lot harder on how we help our veterans reintegrate into society when we bring them home and take care of them. Absolutely. Uh, when they're here. Absolutely. And we owe them at least. Yeah. At the very least, we owe them that. Exactly.
0: And yeah. I think those of us who have Veterans Day off, um, yeah, maybe maybe Which don't, a lot of us you do. know, yeah, don't just waste the day. Um, right. Take take a little bit of time Remember to understand that it's not do just something. oh exciting it's yeah. a day off. Yeah. It's why do you have the day? Why off? do you have the day off? Yeah. yeah. You don't just get yeah. to go wave some flags and just right. call it good. Yeah. Right. I think that's fascinating. There's Anyways, a lot to it.
1: think about and hello uncomfortable conversations brought up again. Yes. We all need to try to have them in our lives off and on. It just it, it will help it. us be better people. Well, we've had a really good first hour packed with Everything that you could imagine. Of course, a day to celebrate our our veterans. Um, and a day, you know, for the boys to have some uncomfortable conversations. That's but right. We like to do that. We do. Those are the best kind. But before we get to what a lot of people have been waiting for, including some maybe overly excited interns in the studio as well, I mean, I'm totally, you know, under control. Yeah. Completely. Me I'm not too. not excited at all. <laughs> um, but before we get to that, we do want to remind people that we have a lot of people to thank for our uh, right to do this show, and Outspoken received support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people, regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383.
0: Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food venue, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken is
1: funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org.
0: Outspoken receives support from Instant Sign Factory, celebrating 25 years serving the Inland Northwest indoor and outdoor sign needs. More information at 1-877-778-7446 and online at instantsignfactory.com. So thank you to all that support us. Uh, we are very grateful to you. So,
1: okay, I am br- I have to breathe. Do breathe. some breathing exercises. This is exciting. I right know, this is good. But probably know. best <laughs> known to more rabid fans for his role as Dr. Simon Tam on Joss Whedon's short-lived sci-fi Western imagining called Firefly and, of course, the movie Serenity. He is also an LGBT activist and an out gay actor. But the journey was not an easy career choice. To talk about this and so much more, we. We are more than excited to welcome actor Sean Mayer to Outspoken. Are you there, sir? I
5: am. You Can didn't you hear me? run away. No, God no! I'm, I'm <laughs> giggling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I've gotta,
1: I've gotta believe you must be getting used to the crazy by now. <laughs>
5: um, no, I mean, no crazy. What
1: do you mean? <laughs> it's totally normal. I mean, it's totally normal. I mean, because let's start with. For our listeners, let's start with what's on everyone's mind, which, of course, is
5: Firefly.
1: Um,
3: oh. Now that you I know, now that gonna, we're breathing. I
5: thought you were going to say, "I thought you were going to say the election." Oh
3: uh, well, I
0: mean, oh, that too. you? <laughs> that <too>. You know, <laughs> that too. that's okay. that's a I, side I can't note. Into,
5: like, cannot, I can't get into that. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's such a side I'm not, I'm not note when, yeah.
0: when, when, when. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're here because you know we have had so much excitement since we announced that we were going to have uh, you on the program today and uh our right. interns are like be beyond themselves let's just start with with firefly Joss Whedon, and that whole world yeah how in the world did that even happen for you
5: uh that was just a good old fashioned audition
0: wow this you Fine just you showed up huh
5: i just showed up there was mm-hmm. no script i kind of fell in love with josh josh right um uh, yeah, which, not. you know, everybody kind of does, he's kind of, uh, magnetic that way. And yeah, there was yeah. really no script and I just showed up and, right. um, there were only a few pages from the pilot that mm-hmm. I was able to look at. And so I met him and I said, you know, please tell me about the show. And I got to hear it from his yeah. mouth and, yeah. um, um, yeah, so that was sort of it. It was, it was me kind of enamored with him. Sure. Well, and he's such <laughs> yeah.
0: a you know amazing director. Joss Whedon already had a uh, cult following at the time, and it's only grown since. I mean, especially with yeah. him doing films like Avengers. What was it like sure. you know, meeting him and being in awe and then working with him, um, not only on Firefly, but Serenity as well?
5: Sure. Um, you know, like I said, the, the word that always comes to mind with him is accessible.
0: Like, I always oh. just...
5: Just,
3: you
0: yeah.
5: know, he was this sort of, you know, Joss Whedon. I'm going to go meet him and, you know, yeah. Buffy and Angel. Nice. And I was, it was all this hype. And um, he was just one of the most down to earth yeah. people I met. And it was, I think he was the first boss that I very quickly came to call my friend nice. um, and felt uh, just a mutual respect for and, and, and a love for. Him. And I felt like he had my back. And, and that was something. Um, Pretty remarkable, especially in this industry mm-hmm. that sometimes doesn't always birth those type of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's just—he's a genius in every, you know, in every way. Um, but I think in, in, in the in the in the process of creating, he was incredibly uh, collaborative and very infectious in his excitement for the process and. You know, you know when he would break a story, he would just run the set, and he was just sort of like this giddy little child, you know,
2: just
5: <laughs> so excited to just tell us, you know, what's going to happen next on the right. show. Yeah. Um, So he was just, you know, he's 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 a really uh, unique. Unique man.
1: Well, you know, you you said the word I, uh, and you even mentioned it in your comment, but that accessible. When you said that word, that is not typically we don't hear that a lot with, uh, you know, with when we talk to people from Hollywood. Accessible, and yeah. he is also known for he has such a vision. In Firefly alone, I think what yeah. captured imaginations of the fans was that he created this whole world and even and you could tell he knew everything that had happened because he would use subtle things like of course the mm. the working in of the chinese language and and these he would do it so you knew that he knew this world inside out he had really created a universe so did you even know or have any concept mm. that playing the character of simon tam would garner you the diehard fans and the forever fans because of the vision of this one man
5: Um, no, I mean, I'm, (laughs) I'm still, uh, I'm still grateful and and a little surprised that, you know, I'm talking about it this, this many years later. Right. Um, Yeah. We, I mean, we, we always felt, I mean, we truly, truly felt that we were doing something very special. I mean, you talk about, I mean, what a vision. I mean, he even created like a, a you know, a, a way of speaking and, yes. um, you know, a language that yeah. has, you know, sort of caught on. Like shiny has become shiny, yes, just sort of shiny and like diverse. <laughs> and just sort of this, you know, he had this his own phonetics in right. uh, the way he wrote the, the dialogue with the characters. Uh, it was so specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I think it again, it just sort of speaks volumes. And what I fell in love with was sort of this is. Th- this notion of, you know, what if, like, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, now we're in the future and there's lasers and aliens and we're <laughs> right. like, you know, you know, we're jumping into portals. It was sort of like, what if, you know, essentially we used up the resources on earth and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, China and the United States grabbed two of the biggest planets and we, you know, you know, did what we could. And then there was you know, people who didn't, people who didn't. And, and it was just sort of, to me, it was sort of, um, uh, there was something very feasible about it, which right. I loved. Right. Um, and I think returning to this sort of primitive, like I, I always talk about. It. People ask me my favorite episode, and I have, you know, probably three. But one of them <laughs> is uh, is an episode called Safe, where, yes, um, you know, River and Simon are sort of uh, engrossed in this whole witch hunt. Right. Um, and to me, that that uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of. You know the Crucible, and I'm still fascinated with the Salem witch trials, and yeah, and right. to sort of set something so far in the future, and yet be um, be in this incredibly uh, primitive yeah, environment, yeah, yeah. and to sort of regress. I thought was just was just genius in so many ways.
0: It, it absolutely yeah. was, yeah. And and what what Joss created was, you know, this uh, futuristic world that really did, you know, mirror our history so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's amazing. Now, of course, um, tragedy uh, tragedy struck, and Firefly went off air, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, Someone made horrible I, decisions. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. It must have been cursed, or right. I don't know. Um, but then, follow up movie Serenity um, was made, which yeah. which all of us fans appreciated. What was uh, it like doing that big switch from TV show um, and and episodes to one complete movie?
5: Yeah, uh, you know, it's so funny. The biggest difference was we were now on the Universal lot,
0: mm-hmm.
5: and on the Fox lot, the southwest corner of the lot when you were on the Cargo Bay was where you went if you had to go potty. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then on the Universal lot, the northeast end <laughs> of the of the um, of the soundstage was where you had to go potty. So every now and then you you hear someone sort of go like oh no damn you know, it you realize they all like, oh, because you know sound stages are pretty big yeah you know so if you're going if, if you have to pee and you're going to one corner of the sound stage you're like oh it's man, a whole go journey to go to. to, go to go literally like you have to go to the entire other <laughs> diagonal opposite end okay and that really I mean we all joked about that because that was the only <laughs> difference the cargo bay and the ship was built yeah you know. To a T. It was it was so uh, it, wow. It, it, it was kind of it was it was freakish. We, you know, we <laughs> right. all showed up on set. And we were like, oh my yeah. God! It's like. That's going to change, although we know this is brand new because we know know they tore down the other ship. Yeah, yeah.
3: right.
1: I have to say that (laughs) was probably the best, most (laughs) unexpected answer. (laughs)
5: Yeah, I mean, that was really the only difference, that the toilets were in a very different spot, and every now and then we'd all giggle because somebody messed up again. (laughs) Somebody went to the wrong door, and you'd hear it because they echo so much in the soundstage. But also the ship was built, um, when we were shooting the series, uh, it was cut up more, so like, Uh you know, if you Mm -hmm. exited the infirmary... You know you, the set kind of ended and, and the right. ship continued and the, the you know the dining room is on a whole other sound stage and um, when we shot the movie uh, they, they built it more as a whole so the ship was just sort of more one right. big giant space and you kind of went from room to room which is you know as an actor it's so lovely
3: right uh, yeah slow
5: um, but in terms of you know returning to the characters and uh, again Joss directed it and wrote it and, and, and we were all in the same company a lot of the same crew members um, for a lot of us it was our first feature film uh, so there was you know of course all that pressure and we were all super nervous Right. right. I just remember us all being like oh it's not that right. different than you know <laughs> when we shot the show
1: see and, and that's so. amazing now as much as since you created the character of Simon and all of you did such a good job of embodying these characters of course you know super fans and every it's very easy for us to think that that's your whole life but it's not your whole life i know that's shocking to you to hear let's <laughs> let's go and dig into your life because uh, up until that point you were still in the closet as an actor yes how did you yes. keep your two lives at that point separate
5: um you know gosh it was it was really difficult um, it was really, um, destructive in many ways. I, I, I didn't realize like what a disservice I was doing to myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just thought, oh, well, you know, that personal part of me doesn't really matter right now. I'm just right. working so much and I'm going to be fine because I, I booked another series or another movie or whatever. By the time I, um, by the time I got Firefly, I was actually so tired of this, this dual way of living and, and it wasn't dual. Like it was like, I would go to work and sort of put on this hat of like, you know, the closeted guy. And then if everybody said, Hey, let's, you know, let's get grab a drink after mm-hmm. work. I would, I would, I would go out and I'd still be that person. So it was like, it wasn't like, Oh, I'd go to work. It was like, Oh, I was, but I was then it was then like bleeding into like, you know, so I was exhausted. And when yeah, sure. I got Firefly, I think I was just sort of, done with, like, trying to pretend, like, I was, like, you know, if this this group that I, I grew to love mm-hmm. and um, felt like if they knew, who cares, and I was, at that point, I just wasn't putting on this facade. I mean, I, I truly used to, you know, call, you know, my best girlfriend or whatever mm-hmm. and, and say, hey, you know, come to this event with me, with these uh-huh. cast members, and I would put on this whole affront. Right. Um, but by the time I got to Firefly, I was tired of, of doing that, and I didn't pretend. I, I'm pretty sure Gina, Marina, Jewel knew yeah. without me, you know, because they just are such intelligent, yeah. conscious, evolved girls, you know. And then um, I think so. So Firefly was the first time that I just I put my guard down, and I was like, you know, I wasn't talking about it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't pretending to be gotcha. um, alpha male. Well, you know, yeah. And then I think when I told, I think Jewel was the first one I told. Mm-hmm. We were in um, Scotland, the, the premiere of um, Serenity. And right. I told her on the dance floor, like after a few tutorial <laughs> shots. And, and she I said, hey, you know, just so you know, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and she said, she grabbed me and pulled my face really close and she said, I love you oh like, Aw, that's awesome you know? That's mean. yeah and then i bumped into gina i right. had a child and oh, wow. you know she was like i've been thinking about you i didn't want to you know yeah. they, everyone just sort of wanted to like sort of i think they knew it was just, yeah. just a big deal and
3: yeah well, you know pe- i hope uh-huh.
5: it's come further now you know right i hope there are no i love actors like i was told by you know publicists and managers and, you know, that I was a yeah. man and mm. I was young when I you know, first started working. Sure. Really, yeah, you don't want to pigeonhole. Um, green and scared and I just sort
0: of was like, okay, okay, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll totally, yeah. you know, just, just well, well, fast fast for a little while. Yeah, right. And fast forward from, you know, your Firefly days to 2011, you played, uh, you know, on the show, The Playboy Club, you played a closeted yeah. gay man in a sham marriage with, a playboy bunny who was a lesbian also closeted, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. and that's really when you chose to come out so publicly yeah. with your sexuality. Um, you know, what, what changed for you to, to make that step and to say, no, this is it. This is, this is my time to shine, um, um, you know, to the a whole dad. world.
5: Being, a, being a dad, playing a with a dad. my <sighs> daughter. that oh. um, I just sort of was like, I can't, I can't possibly, mm-hmm. you know, I, I took, I took, like almost three years off to be a stay-at-home dad. And then I was coming back to work and, you know, playbook club. I think she was, So she was four then, around three or four. And I, I remember thinking, oh my God, this is so crazy. Like yeah. how, how on God's green earth would I be able to explain to her that there's something about our family oh, wow. that I need to somehow keep secret to better my career? That was sort of like... I'm, I'm going against everything I'm trying to instill in mm-hmm. her as a parent and yeah. I'm living a whole different life. And, and it wasn't like, it wasn't a spontaneous decision. I think at around, you know, when she was, it was two years in the making where I was, you know, I talked to my husband about it. Right. right. You know, cause after being a stay-at-home dad and coming back to work and I was not feeling terribly inspired by everything right. I was reading and I was like, well, maybe this because I'm a dad now and I, you know, I'm not, you know, and i maybe it's just a role I'm looking for or whatever. And there was just this sort of this nagging mm-hmm. something. And then it sort of dawned on me and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to use, you know, my years of fear, of mm-hmm. of, of being in the positive, of being so scared and sleepless nights and thinking I'm going to be fired by studio executives because of the right. I think that is going to be, you know, that's going to propel me mm-hmm. into coming out publicly. And so we talked about it for a while and I talked about You know, my manager and publicist, and you know, my publicist dad, you know, been married to a man for, you know, 60s, and, you know, so I had a a wonderful team who was, like, you know, of course, we're behind you 100%, you know. Right. We were just waiting for, like, the right opportunity, and I think with the Playboy Club, given that role...
1: Yeah, that storyline.
5: It was was kind of a no-brainer. I mean, I I just thank the universe for that one. Well...
1: And you mentioned the fear which I think a lot of we've talked to a lot of you know very successful actors but who also had those moments of they were told so many times that you're going to get typecast, yeah. you're going to you're not going to have the roles you want. And of course it's easy to get to get lost in that fear. Did you though find any of those challenges? Were there some of those whispers out there when you came um, out or how was your how was the transition?
5: You know, when I came out, I truly didn't I don't know, like I was getting older, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe I'm so mature and and more comfortable in my skin that I truly, um, I, I honestly didn't care. You know, I think right. I, I had thought that maybe, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years earlier, like, well, if somebody doesn't want to hire me because I'm gay, like, I don't care. Right, right. You know, and I think that was more sort of like me just sort of preaching, but I, yeah. I truly was like, you know what, if someone doesn't want to hire me, I don't care. Like, I don't want to work with that person Right. Anyway, and I know right. there are people out there that are going to hire, or are not going to hire me, um, because of my sexuality, and I truly now, as you know, a dad of two children and an evolved um, gay man, I can say I, I, I just don't care. Like I right. don't, I don't want to work with those people.
1: Right, sure. that wouldn't be a project um, for yeah. you, anyways. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it
5: was so interesting because um, you know it, uh, I knew, especially with the Firefly fans, all the brown coats, like I, I, yeah. I knew there would be a lot of time. A ton of support and love when I came out, um, right. and I kind of had a hunch that like, you know ninety nine percent of them knew already. Um, right, right. But, uh, you know, but I didn't. I mean, the influx on social media. I mean, that that was the one that that day that you know Entertainment Weekly released yeah. a story. I was, mm-hmm. I was the story That was the day that I was like, God bless social media, because I was reading everybody's. Know, respond. And I didn't, I was not prepared for the, the amount of, you know, right. sort of feeds and sure. all that. But And the thing that I loved about that, which of course, love and support from the fans, um, but my manager kept reaching out to me and being like, hey, just so you know, you know, this executive over here, you know, at 20th Century wants you to know how proud they are and oh, that nice. they loved you already and they're only going to fight harder for you. And <sighs> you know, this casting director called out of the blue and they just want you to know that they're, like, in awe of your decision and, you know... Oh, that's amazing. ...to you. So there was a lot of stuff, like, in the industry, like, a lot of, you know, people who hadn't even... Not even, you know, they weren't even on my radar who, mm-hmm. you know, had, had sort of, like, reached out to me via sure. my rep to sort of say, you know, bravo, which yeah. was lovely. But yeah. it, was, it was funny, as at that point, that was the question that came up, what you just asked. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, are they going to be whispering? They're not going to be, right. and I was shooting, you know, much ado, about nothing with Joss.
3: Yeah. Right. You know, right. which
5: was a very hetero. Very. Was, yeah. You know, making <laughs> you were such a womanizer.
3: Yeah,
5: I know. <laughs> and I, it was such a secret project that yeah. I couldn't talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, but that was, everyone was asking like, so do you think, and I wanted to be like, well, Joss doesn't think so. You yeah. Know, like, cause I'm, do- I'm doing this role now. Like, right yeah. There. Right. Um, but I haven't really, um, yeah, I haven't really
0: noticed. Yeah. i well, not sure. Well, do you think, you know, that positive response that you received, is that, is that a sign that things have changed in Hollywood and, you know, they're a lot more open and people don't really oh have to gosh. worry about, you know, typecasting anymore or what, what, what do you think is going on there?
5: I mean, goodness, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I get more frustrated when I don't get a gay role that goes to a straight actor. lately. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. Um,
1: and that is I mean, a real conversation that's going on right now. I know. It's yeah. a big conversation, right? Yes.
5: Yeah. Especially with the, you know, with the trans actors. Exactly. exactly. But that's a whole other... Yeah, right. Um, that is. <laughs> but it does but look yeah, I mean, like... I, yeah. Does it? Yeah. I mean, from your point of view. Well, we're hoping it it's like, yeah.
1: you know we and what's so funny is we we talk to actors all the time and we really will get all sorts of answers and some believe that there is this concept of a gay glass ceiling and some believe mm-hmm. you know y- you look at Matt Bomer's career or anything like that that may that maybe it's not there I of course we always want to side on the side of hope and be like sure. no I think it's good but mm-hmm. it yeah. it seems to be still in that very ambiguous area where they're, it's still a little murky. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Because you step into, I mean, I, I think it's, it's fascinating and amazing. Of course, as a dad, I think it sounds like that changed a lot of the way you approach. Listen, if they don't want to work with me, it's not going to happen. You know, you have a role in your life. Your career is one thing that the, but a role in your life as a father is, is obviously this big other thing. You're, uh, an outspoken advocate, uh, you know, in and of yourself for like gay adoption and LGBT issues. Do you think sure. that grew out of? Listen, I'm a dad now, and so that that made you kind of want to be more outspoken.
5: I mean, that's a great question. I I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was all inspired by how what kind of role model do I want to be for my daughter? And then that kind of like expanded, like what kind of role model do I want to be period in the world? Like, why would I, you know, tell my daughter to embrace differences and and, and, and then Mm -hmm. sort of try and fit into, uh, you know, a mold that made me less different, you know, it it, it was sort of, I mean, and I do think again, like as we grow and we get older, there are a lot of that, stuff comes into play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at the heart of it was becoming a parent, um, sure, which right. shifted my perspective so immensely.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sean, what is next for you? What's coming up? Um, what um, can we get way too what excited about? Get, exactly. We want oh, to see. Is there a um, show? Is there <laughs> TV?
5: I've got, uh, so I've got a few films. There's uh-huh. a, there's a uh, beautiful, sweet, romantic comedy called People You May Know. Oh, nice. Right. Um, that um, directed by JC Falcone it's a, a Spanish filmmakers first American film mm-hmm. um, does have a does actually have a few gay themes in it
0: nice. um,
5: but it's a very very sweet movie um, I also have another movie Israel 88 um, mm-hmm. which was um, gosh how do I tote this they're calling it a sci-fi psychological thriller I'm calling it more of a case study.
3: Okay. It's a little
5: like uh, Moon. Did you see Moon 2007 with Sam Rockwell? So I
1: see, yeah. It's, oh, that yeah. man. So it's about yeah, it, that man. It yeah. It's,
5: it's, it's you two guys um, you know, on a you know, high-profile government mission into outer space. Mm-hmm. I play a doctor sure. in, in, in space again, which is ironic. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, t- it turns into 13 years of their life. So okay. To wow. me it, was, it was more of a case study. It was shot very uh, a la Kubrick. Like, oh. two thousand eleven. Or uh two thousand
1: one. Um so it's really good yeah, if you want to so get your mind really in. Yeah.
5: Yeah. It's a very I've watched it over and over again oh, um uh, wow. and still have
3: questions. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. It's always nice. My husband, who's so far removed from the industry, yeah, he's always my my <laughs> go to. Like, yeah. watch this film, tell me what you think, you know. He gets to, to be like, your oh, anchor. That's like, awesome. He's <laughs> like, Oh, I have so many questions. I was like, Great. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> we did our job. Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's great. Now, now, is there any insider scoop here, us Firefly fans? And you get asked are, this are all waiting, the time. Is there oh, going to know, be any hope for us?
5: You, you know it's you know so funny? I get asked it all the time. Right. And I also ask it all the time. <laughs> like, you know, when I see Joss, because truly, I don't get it. Like, yeah. I, I don't
3: <laughs>
5: get it. There's so many reboots. You know, yeah, I loves me, I loves me some John Stamos, but yeah. why right pull a house, get a <laughs> right, and not you know, Firefly, and no what Firefly? That I makes mean, no sense. I just, uh, you know, so I, when I see Joss, you know, I ask him, and uh, you know, the the answer I get a lot is, oh, it's so much more complicated than, you know, than 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 it seems. You know, right. which I get. okay, um, excuses, so I, don't, I don't know, but again, <laughs> with Joss, you, you've I mean, truly, never know. Like much to right. do, nothing came right. out of right. left field for sure. me. It was yeah. like a you know an email, like "Hey, come do this movie." And, right. Um, and Serenity kind of came out of nowhere too. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's and the- I know that he still loves. He still talks about Firefly. Um, in such high regard, yeah. you know, the his, best work he ever did. His shows were his so,
1: babies. They were all his babies, yeah. you know, from Buffy that, you know, that's where I started getting on the, the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I mean, through mm-hmm. Angel. Sure. Through, and through, because he creates those worlds through Firefly. He, that is his heart and soul. So the good thing about being in with Joss is that yeah. you, I have a feeling it doesn't, I don't know what it'll be, but you're going to, you know, be pulled into his word to world two, And you know that he, um, he, he, has time this is what you tell them next time say i talked to these awesome boys from okay. outspoken and they said there is time between avengers so yeah so stop being yeah. lazy so, <laughs> this is what and we have a um we have an intern who is dying over here you have to hand me your books <laughs> who's dying over here she has been dying since ask about and i'm going to read you a note she just passed it to me Ask about if he's doing more DC Comics movies as Dick Grayson, oh. Nightwing. So yeah, for Cat, I, I will am. ask him. Oh, he I is. Am. <gasps> what? Okay, she just so passed how out. Many
5: has she, how many has she seen?
1: How many have you seen all of all them? them. Every wow. single one of them. She's oh, okay. a super fan. So,
3: yeah.
5: So I've done. I think, I think I've done five now. So I think three or four have come out, so there's oh. there's more coming. There's more for you. You made her whole like life oh, right good. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Nightwing has become my uh, I love, yes. love love Nightwing. I, yeah, right. I'm, I'm I'm in love with Nightwing. I want to be Nightwing. <laughs>
1: well, this is what yeah. I have to say. I, I feel like there's a lot of actors we'll talk to who who have a role that is is very has a big cult following and it seems that you have embraced that it is part of it and part of your life and you don't Uh, run for it because those are your two options as an actor you can embrace it and the crazy Mm -hmm. fans that come with it or you can run from it and try to deny that it's there right right so i feel like you have fully embraced
5: I truly don't think it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I mean I love Smart man. I love that people are as yeah. excited about something that I've done as right. as I am or we are.
3: Yeah Good. you know, and yeah.
5: I can speak for all of the Firefly cast. Like we yeah. loved that show. Like oh my yeah. God, we loved that show so much. Right? And to to have people be like, Oh, we loved it too. It's like how right? could you not say, Oh my gosh, that's well, a great it's a big compliment about, for anybody
1: you know. to say. I mean, you all obviously created a world and create you embodied like we said earlier your characters so much that it did connect mm. on such mm-hmm. a deep level with the fans. And what a beautiful thing when you you know want to do this for your life that you're able to have that connection. And I think it's great when actors are able to to appreciate it and you know go and work and do other things but still know That's part of their world. So, uh, Sean, we cannot begin to thank you enough for coming on our show, for making our interns life. That's always, always (laughs) nice. And we're going to be watching you because we might have to have you back on because I'm sure there's a lot of fun coming up. We're looking looking forward to your films coming up very soon. So thank you for taking time to be on our show today.
5: Well, hey, I had a great time. I, I, I'd talk to you guys oh God, anytime.
1: God. Hey, we are we can talk, so it's that's, a good, that's right. <laughs> good place to be. Well, thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day right. uh, with your family. All right, you too. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks.
3: All right.
1: And that was Sean Mayer. He is, of course, best known for his role on Firefly. It's Dr. Simon Tam, who had the, you know, it's all about his crazy kind of mm-hmm. messed up little sister. That's right. Um, That's right. An amazing show. Both Sergey and I, we own the series, which died too soon, and the movie. Um, yeah. And I would, it, li- and oh I agree boy. with him. You can reboot Full House. But yeah. Why is there no
0: Firefly? Why is there reboot? no Firefly? Yet.
1: Much. Come on. It is much more deserving. I'm I'm I sorry. Agree. Sorry I about agree. it, Candace Cameron. But yeah. much more deserving is Firefly.
0: I think everyone should go. It's on Netflix. Um it is. should go binge watch it thirty <sighs> billion times this I week. Love it so, so that the ratings go i right? so high that they Sky need to redo it. Sky high.
1: And I get that Joss is doing some amazing no, things I get right it. now with the Avengers. But you know it. what? The the movies there is there's some downtime. Yes. Down Exactly. Joss, are you listening? Downtime. Yeah, don't be lazy. Don't be <laughs> don't be yeah, lazy. Don't be lazy. Okay? Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. (laughs) Don't be lazy, Joss. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of fun interviews today. Of course, in the first hour, we spoke to Army veteran herself, Mm -hmm. Easton Brenham, who uh, actually hails from the coast, uh, the Seattle area. Mm -hmm. We talked about... Things we need to think about, about our veterans on this Friday. This Friday is the holiday. Not just a day you get off, which is wonderful, but why you get it off is something to think about. So that was fun. We talked to, remember, you can go out and you can go to the IMB Performing Arts Center. This week, it's Wednesday through Sunday, Mm -hmm. um, you can go see, beautiful, the Carol King story. And we talked to... Of course, the actress Erica Olsen, who is playing Cynthia Weil, who is Carol King's one of her best friends. Um, but they're coming to Spokane. So, hey, if you love music, uh, if you love Carol King, even if you don't know you do, you probably do. Just uh, go see it. Go see it. It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Really. Bottom yeah, line. I'm kind of excited. And there's something really important you can't forget to do this week. Just
0: Yeah. It's coming this say. Tuesday. And all of hey, y'all is that? Let's, let's, what is it? need to. Like yeah. It's what it, the 8th. It's the election. The election
1: boat. is finally here hey listen even to those who are just to get it over with mm-hmm. just vote just yeah. get it done just because i think well be a political nerd so. or not a political nerd we're all tired i know <laughs> so I let's just vote wait. and we're then let wednesday happen that's i'm waiting for wednesday that's gonna be my new yeah, song I'm, waiting for wednesday that's a lisa Lowe song anyways because listen <laughs> i know we all know how we want it you know, each of us knows in our hearts where we want it to go because each of us are going to vote our own conscience. Right, but um, we just want it done. Can we get it done?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I exactly because here's the thing: if if you're a person who's 100% okay with whatever outcome ha- happens, you're probably. Um, insane because there's neither candidate is really I don't know great. yeah I can't say that I can't say I mean I can say we that. have
1: to deal with whatever comes but I'm not I can't say that I'm okay with whatever yeah I'm not
0: 100% okay yeah. with anything exactly but So it's like if you're, you
1: know and that's a lot of, I think that's how it is for a lot of people on either either yeah. end of the, the spectrum kinda... spectrum is that you know everybody has their passion and that's awesome right. so definitely vote so that you get your chance to have your voice heard yeah so like my ballot goes in the mail so it goes out tomorrow because I've i'm a reader and so the initiatives i have everything else voted for but the initiatives i want to read yeah and so i haven't had a chance to sit down and do my research on them so that's why my ballot goes out tomorrow because i would like to vote you, and know what i'm talking
0: yeah. about you know what's <laughs> funny is cole same exact way he's voted yeah. for everyone um and then uh w- well i was there when he was when he was filling it out yeah and then with the initiatives he's like Hey, what does this mean? And I basically give him like explain yeah, it like I'm five, the real quick. Right? So if this happens, this happens. And he's like, Oh, I get that. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that's how course, he filled everything know, out. Or
1: listen to our show because we had on someone from. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there. Yeah. There. There. <laughs> there are a few of them. So. Yeah, they're, yeah. P- they're pretty it's important. And here, and I simple. never go just off of the voters' pamphlet. Oh
0: god, that's so
1: gonna be you know all of the written. good things about it, all of the bad things about it, but there's no like reality because it's just and that's how it should be, that's what it's for. And right. then I like to go and like read some and stuff.
0: And a lot of the times the you know, the voter voter's pamphlet is pro. Oh, we yeah. love this because this anti is well they will take the right. rights right away. Very, and it makes sense. Okay, great. You know, I get
1: yeah, it. This is why you hate on. it, this is why you love it. Now, what's the middle moving ground that I would on. like to read to find out that opinions, I feel like the reality. Yeah. our voter pamphlets are very much opinions we give opinions every day of the week and that's and fine on but our show once a week so I would they like base, to just go read based some. on facts yeah so that's, that's kind of what I look for yeah, yeah. yeah so anyways remember send them out in Washington you can send them out some of you probably already did yeah uh and, and I, I will do it Monday when elections Tuesday, but let's just get them out. Yeah, that's perfectly you know what fine. I mean?
0: And you know what? Go. A lot of states, um, Washington is one of them, you can just mail it in. Um, a lot of states have early voting. Go do that. Go do, do that. It, um, do it. You don't have to wait do till it. Tuesday to vote. Yeah. And especially when it's so close. Oh, it I is. I cannot believe it's, gotten it's this close. We are neck and neck.
1: I don't really think anybody can call. Where it's gonna no, go.
0: and and there's you know there's a lot of um, people out there who are doing their predictions and they're all over the board. I don't think and you can predict at you this can't. point because let's right now you if you're can't.
1: predicting it's just because it's what you want, right? You know what I mean? And so I would love Listen, to predict. But I the predict, fact is, we don't know what's going to yeah, happen. So I predicted you
0: the entire election by sending my ballot in with everything marked off. Exactly, that was my that prediction. Because here's what I want. the other
1: thing: is uh, we cannot play the song on our show. <laughs> And we cannot <laughs> yes. really say the title in no, full on our show. But you know what's funny is Funny or Die yeah. got a bunch of celebrities together. And they did a, kind of a We Are the World type song called something that you have to go to our Facebook to find out. Um Basically, it, go vote is, yeah, is the it, synopsis of the... There you go. The, There's the g version. You have version. to vote. Go vote. But <laughs> it's hysterical. Like, honestly, either way, it's funny. Yeah. it's hilarious. So go watch it because it's a lot of fun. We're going to be putting up one from Amy... Um, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, Schumer she's, later. She's funny, who too. Who also talks about how your voting is actually public record. Mm-hmm. Like you can look up your neighbor's vote. You can just see oh, if yeah. they voted. You don't see who they vo- what they voted for. But she's like, so don't come in on Wednesday morning and tell me that you voted because I'm going to look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm you're so glad know? I voted. Uh, no. You're going to look it up and be like, let's have a talk. No, you yeah. did not. You, don't tell me you voted. Just be honest. <laughs> because
0: no, I looked that And looked I love Amy up. Schumer. So I, love I think that's hilarious. We'll <laughs> I'll put that up later. today. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, uh, somebody commented on the video that we already put oh, up. Oh, they didn't like you. Uh, uh, they did not like it, so they told uh, they they hoped that all of the actors would also leave the U.S. After if the Trump election, won. right? So that's Which is fun.
1: basically a nice way for him to also say he hopes we do too. <laughs> yeah. And that's
0: okay because
1: we won't. <laughs> no, I will mention we did it. not delete that comment we because we understand that not all y'all are going to <laughs> agree with this. So I thought I thought it was just cool that he even yeah. took the time to say two words. I know, You sweet. know, to us. I know, thanks, thanks. for it. Thank so you. I think that was funny. And yeah, so that's, hey, so sound off. What's your opinion? That's what the whole point of that's our social right. media is for mm-hmm. is go tell us whether you would like, you know. Whether that's your opinion or what it is, but it's you know funny.
0: what? Th- okay, you know what's funny? We the,
1: only, really quick, we only delete if it's disrespectful. That's right. Comments that we won't stand for, won't. or if it's hate filled. Yeah. But disagreement is fine. Exactly. Yeah. Come on,
0: be, be opposed to us. Yeah. Um, w- real quick, back to the public record thing. It's really funny. You mentioned that. Yeah. Um, everything. You know, your criminal record is is public yeah, record all of it's on public. there. Yeah. Um, so it's really funny. I I looked up Cole just to see. <laughs> yeah. I You're looked because we were boyfriend. talking talking about it, and yeah. he was like, I didn't know that. So I look him up. Um, found Found a lot of junk so on he's him. He's a felony. Oh, huh? yeah. He's a felon. Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's, he's not a felon.
1: old enough to have done that much. No,
0: no, just you know a bunch. I of mean, speeding he's legal. Tickets. Let me say that. But yeah, yeah. oh, that's sorry. Sorry, how did you <laughs> cool? Speeder, Speedy, speeding, speeding speeder tickets out there. Speeder out there. <laughs> so it's it's I fun. See look that. up your neighbor. I'm um, gonna, gonna look someone up on. Want to look up uh, maybe.
1: Matt Shea. I don't know. There you go. You can do it. Well, I already know a lot about him anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we just had all of the the nerds around us, including us, just had a great moment as we talked to Sean Mayer from Firefly um, and also the movie Serenity and and our hope for more.
0: I know. He could not give us an inside scoop because there is no inside scoop.
1: No, there isn't. It's not happening. Dang it. And also... um. I think it's funny because we were talking in the break. I said, now we need the rest of the cast because basically we just collect cast members of certain shows that we love. So... So that's happening. Just saying.
0: I mean, that's okay. I'm okay with that. If we love the show enough, let's. I know let's we bring have almost have
1: along. almost interviewed every cast member of the Big Gay Sketch Show. Yeah, and we're going to continue to do
0: that. Yeah, that's that's right. Now Firefly is our next cast to collect them all for. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, don't forget, next week is your favorite time of the month. It is Doctor James, uh, Doctor Damon. L. Jacobs not a real not doctor, a real doctor. Um, but he is art, a licensed sex
1: relationship and sex therapist. That's right, so he is. It's not that he's not licensed to do what
0: he does. He yeah, just, he's just he not have a doctor. A doctor, per I say. know.
1: So that's going to be a fun mm-hmm. show.
0: We also have uh, Morgan John Fox, director of Farrell, on next uh, week. Uh, I know. To talk about I'm excited. That's a that. series. A it TV is a series, Farrell,
1: yeah. and it's it's fascinating. Uh, very heavy, of course, LGBT themes. And exactly, so and we'll we'll get lot all
0: up into it. Uh, don't forget, there is a beautiful this. Uh, week starting uh, Wednesday. Wednesday all the way through Sunday. If you go we'll to opening night
1: make sure to look out for mm-hmm. the boys. We'll see That's it. Right. We'll do a little
0: selfie with you. You can it's get fine. tickets okay. on ticketswest.com mm-hmm. So it's going to be good. And until
1: then remember this is your week. It this is. is your week to get your voice out there. So vote, vote, vote. get your vote in there and then mm-hmm. we can all complain about it on Wednesday because thank you. You, earned, thank you, thank you you earned your right to complain about it when right. you vote. Now so. join,
0: join us next week for either the biggest celebration or what we will consider uh, a day of mourning. day of mourning that
1: we're going to take for the so next four years. Either America <laughs> just
0: just died, or we have survived right. another four years.
1: And if you don't know where we stand politically, you haven't been listening to you, the show. So, join us, which you, you would have known from <laughs> yeah. day one on exactly. the show. So, anyways, very excited. Yeah. We hope you have an amazing Sunday and keep your week outspoken. We'll see you next
3: week.